Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to UFC Roundup. I'm Paul Felder. He's Michael Chiesa, and we are here to obviously preview and talk UFC 282, talk a little bit of this past weekend. And, you know, we got we got fights coming up. We got a main event, Michael, that's not exactly the one that we were hey, anticipating. You know, Paul, Paul, I, I, I hate to cut you off. But in the last two years, we've we, in the two years of Roundup, we've seen you go from dipping your toes into the triathlon world to now you're running these insane road races. And now you've got corporate sponsorship, Paul. I mean, turn it around. Let's see the hat. You know. Oh, man. My guy, Pauly Felder. This is a guy going from professional mixed martial arts to now becoming a professional triathlete, Paul. Uh, I mean, still look, amateur. Still to amateur. me, you're a pro. To me, you're a pro. When I hear the war stories about what you're doing in the garage and out on these competitions, yeah. you're the a pro in our book, Paul. So congratulations to you. Every man, Jack, you picked the winner. You picked a good guy. Very yes. stoked for you, Paulie. So awesome. now we can get back to talking about that. Now we can talk. Awesome yeah. team. Awesome guys. I'm slow compared to the guys I'll be working with. But uh, yeah, man, 282 and Kalayev, Jan, not not the fight. not Neither guy necessarily what we were anticipating. But Yuri, crazy shoulder injury, pulls out, doesn't want the title. It's going to be out for a long time. And then to Glover's credit. When you're taking on somebody potentially on short notice like Ankali, if you want a little extra time, the guy has been in the game a long time. He's a veteran. He doesn't want to go in there and recklessly fight somebody new. But here we are. Bohovic accepts the fight. Ankali accepts the fight. This is an interesting and exciting fight to close out the year. What are your thoughts initially on this matchup? Who do you favorite? What do you got going on in this one? You know, before I dive into the matchup, I got to talk about Glover a little bit. I don't blame him for not jumping in there with Ankalaev right away. No. This is a guy where t- time is not on his side. You know, if he was in his 30s, he could jump in there with anybody, come up short, bounce and back, get right and back, into back to a yeah. title fight. But time is not on his side. And he he said he would have taken the Jan Blachowicz fight, but, you know, the UFC, and rightfully so, Ankalaev has earned the right to be the next guy, you know, given the circumstances. So uh, he asked for a little more time. They weren't willing to give it. And that, that you have to understand that, this, this is a pay-per-view. We need a title fight. So this was the fight to make. So I don't shame or frown upon Glover's decision to bow out of, of fighting Ankalaev on short notice because it is a different fight. Now, when it comes to this matchup, Jan Blachowicz versus Magomed Ankalaev, you know, I'm just going to come out and say it right away. I like Ankalaev in this fight. He's rolling hot. He's walking tall. Uh, you know, and I just think that for Jan, he, he's had a taste of the title. He's kind of getting to the to the, I would say, you know, the... The, the glory years of his career. Uh, yeah. And it's one of those situations where for, in order for him to go out there and beat a guy as well-rounded and as talented as Magomed Ankalaev, um, it's going to require some type of Hail Mary. It's going to require him tapping into some of that Polish power. But I just think that when it comes to stand-up, I think Ankalaev is just too savvy. I just think you're mm-hmm. not going to find a home for a lucky punch against a guy as disciplined as uh, Magomed Ankalaev on the feet. Now, in the, when it comes to submissions, we saw... Magomed kind of laid off the gas against Paul Craig and got caught with a very, very, I mean, the epitome of a Hail Mary submission. Um, but I just don't see, it, when it comes to Jan pulling off this fight, I just don't see him being able to pull off a decision. It's going to require some type of, uh, is Tom Brady would say, a sticks route. Let's just line him up, run as far as you can, throw the long ball, and hope for a touchdown. So uh, I just, I don't, I, I think that Ankalaev is, 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 it's going to be one way traffic over five rounds. Yeah, I agree. I, I I think he's the one that has the ability to dictate the pace of the fight. 
And unfortunately, that could mean he could slow it down quite a bit and pick his shots. Or what I'm hoping to see out of Ankalaev in this matchup is, listen, this is now, now you've got this belt that's on the line. It's up for grabs. This is the moment we've seen some slower fights from you. We've seen some insane finishes from you. This is the perfect opportunity. If you want to be that star, if you want to be this title holder, you got to go out there, man, and try to put him away because Jan's going to. I think Jan has no choice, right? I think we mm-hmm. agree in the fact that if he wants to go and get that belt again, he's got to go after Ankalaev. He's got to bring it. He's got to try to use that Polish power and knock him out. I don't see him be able to take him down, control him. You know, neither guy, I think, really going to be hunting big submissions or anything like that. They're going to be trying to take each other's heads off. And Kalaev has more tools to do that, I believe. And I just think he's more well-rounded. I think he's younger, bigger, stronger. But like we talked about, Jan does have that ability. If you get lazy on him, he'll put your ass out. He'll definitely hit you with that left hand, hit you with a hook, and put you away. But I agree with you, Michael. I, I think this is Ankalaev's fight. And I also agree 100% that Glover did the right thing. You know, I know it's not necessarily what the UFC wanted, and I know they want people to step up, but at his age, at his point in the game, he does not need to do that. If he doesn't want to ever fight again and he wants to just coach uh, Alex Pajeda, he could do that. Do you know what I mean? He could sit back and enjoy the fruits of his labor and watch his students go on to become champions and stay champions. So uh, I'm in agreement on all of that. You know, and when I look at the matchup too – you know, Jan's well-rounded. He's got some mission skills. He's got good kickboxing. We saw the kicks on display yep. against uh, Dominic Reyes. You know, he's got good boxing. He's well-rounded. I just feel like Ankalaev is just like a hybrid version of Jan. I feel like he's just like the upgraded version. He's well-rounded as well, but there's just a few more wrinkles to his game. And we've talked about the main event. We've touched on Glover Teixeira. we got to talk about Yuri Prohaska. I mean, he gets a devastating shoulder injury. One of the worst shoulder injuries Dana White says he's ever heard about um, the, whoever reported that the injury to him, whoever Yuri went and saw said it's one of the worst injuries they've seen in the sport seen in general. Um, and Yuri steps down as the champion and he, it's, he says it's for honor. It's not right for him to have to go through this recovery process while he's, you know, holding the title. So he relinquishes the title, puts it up for grabs for the guys in this main event. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Paul? I, I, I like that, right? I mean, we see too many times the divisions uh, get held up for, for extended periods of time, especially like we're talking about. If it's something that you can go in six months, five months, four months, and then you're back, rehab, you're, you, you know, maybe put an interim belt up and you're getting closer to being able to step back in the octagon. But if you know for at least a year that you are going to be out or over a year, depending on how bad this shoulder shoulder surgery is and how bad the recovery is going to be. I think that's the right thing to do. Um, that, that, that sucks, man, because I feel like he was really hitting his stride and he's one of the most exciting fighters that the UFC has to offer in any division. This guy is just a savage. He lives this warrior lifestyle, locked himself in a room. How long did he did he stay in a room by himself? I think it was three days. Three, three days, days. Of like no, no light, no nothing, no water. Where'd you pee? Like I can barely I, fall asleep. I where did you go? If you had no light. Where did you pee? You know, and obviously you're gonna go number two. Yeah. Where did you do that? You know, he like, probably I mean, wasn't drinking water. Funny, but I'm like, what, what did you do in this time? Pee in the corner, like a the goddamn samurai savage that he is. That's you know, and the one thing I will say, Paul, is I think that when it comes to this injury, I don't think it was like a like a, something he had had that was like spooling up to be what it became. 
I trained with Yuri days before the news was released. I went and did a wrestling practice with him, Sean Strickland, Edmund Shabazian, a lot of those Vegas guys. We did like a really hard MMA grappling session. And I mean, he was moving around just fine. You know, I got some live rounds in with him and, and uh, there was nothing that gave me any indication that he was going through anything. So I think that if Michael, it was- if, Michael, I, did you hurt Yuri Prohaska? <laughs> Is this? Are no we breaking comment. this? Are we breaking this <laughs> no live comment. on Roundup? Holy crap! Breaking news: Piazza is the one that took out. Man, that's impressive, Michael. Maybe you should move up a couple weight classes, buddy. But I think I think for Yuri, I think it was something that it had to. You're my, savage, my bro. guess would be a freak accident. I think something bad happened in training where he really just blew his shoulder up. I don't think it was like a slow Those nagging. Stairs thing. are steep from the second floor to the first floor. If you've never been in the uh, in, in in the UFC PI, he may have fallen down those. <laughs> Yeah, it could be. That very well could be. It remains to be known, but I'm sure the news will break soon what happened to the shoulder wow. of Yuri yeah. Prohaska. <laughs> I'd like to know. <laughs> and and and, and uh, just just uh, for for you fans, we do have a special guest today. I want to uh, let you know that we're going to be interviewing Billy Quarantello. Billy Q will be on Billy here Q. soon. And uh, he, he's got a good fight coming up against Alexander Hernandez. The, the dude is exciting every single time he brings it. So that's obviously one of the fights that we want to highlight on this card. We're going to talk to him in a little bit. But real quick, let's, you know, uh, we're going to talk to Billy about some of the aspects of this co-main event that's happening. But my boy, my boy, Jarrett, man, this is huge, dude. You get to fight, not only do you get to fight Patty, which is one of the fights everybody in the lightweight division wants, right? Because he's bringing eyeballs to you. And you know, he's still a little young in the game. A lot of guys are looking at Patty, not saying and not taking anything away from the man's skill set. He's obviously getting W's in the UFC. He was getting W's outside of the UFC. But people seem to think that this is the time to get him, right? And Jared gets that opportunity, and it happens to be a co-main event on a pay-per-view. Uh, what are your thoughts on the fight real quick? We, we, you know, we'll talk about this a little later as well. So let's just get some thoughts. You know, it's, uh, it's something Gilbert Burns said. Um, that kind of resonated with me when I think about this fight with Jared Gordon and um, and Patty Pimblett. You want to catch like we, when he's talking to Hamza Chamaev, you want to catch them when they're on the rise. You want to catch mm -hmm. them when they're on the rise, not to not to steal their spotlight, but to get them before they reach their maximum potential. You know, and, and I think that Patty, he he he's a vet. He's had a lot of fights. You know, he's a longtime Cage Warriors champ. He's fought a lot of tough competition, but. He's still on the rise. I think it's a good time for Jared Gordon to kind of intercept that. And uh, you're going to love this. And for Patty, you know, we're going to really dive into that matchup when we, when we talk to Billy. So I'm not going to really get into the X's and O's and things of that sort. But Patty Pimblett finds himself in a situation where when he wins this fight, if he wins this fight, not when, if he wins this fight, because this is a tough fight, he could be looking next. He could be fighting somebody with a number next to their name. And there's guys waiting in the wings like uh, Charles Oliveira. Or, you know, Patty said that him and Connor could pull crazy numbers if they were to ever fight each other. So Patty goes out there, and if he gets the job done. I like how you did it. that, by the way, Michael. <laughs> he, I, I like how you did that. Check. 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 And for people that don't know, my counterpart did beat the former lightweight champion, Charles Oliveira. <laughs> but look, Patty, if he if, if he goes out there and beats Jared Gordon, he's going to find himself in a big fight. And I don't know if it's going to be somebody with a number next to their name. It could be a Conor McGregor. That's in, And that's in Conor's court. That's not out of the realm of a possibility because if he can go out there and get past Jared Gordon, I mean, they're going to want to use the star power that this kid possesses and, and do something great with him. So um, I'm excited to see it. I mean, I, you know, the Patty Pimblett uh, – experiment's been pretty interesting thus far. 
Yeah, I agree. It has been. And uh, the, the dude is full of confidence. And I do think he's only getting better, right? And, and every time he gets in there, he's gaining confidence. Because when Patty fights, he doesn't get the luxury of being on some way down on the undercard. He's not early. Eyeballs are on him. They've been on him since he, he got into the UFC. And it's the way he he's wanted it. So I think that's to his advantage in this matchup. I think Jarrett's had a lot of big fights. But this is definitely the biggest uh, uh, of his career to be a co-main event on a freaking pay-per-view. It does. It doesn't really get much bigger other than being the main event on a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, this pay-per-view has had some things sliced and diced and it's had some unfortunate things happen to it, but it's still the spotlight. It's still something people are going to be tuning into, and a lot of people from the UK for sure are going to be watching Patty the Batty fight. So just uh, I'm really happy for Jared. I think this is a long time coming. The guy's busted his butt for years. He's had a lot of ups and downs. So to get a big fight with Patty, I know he wanted it for a long time. I, I'm just yeah, he called for this fight a long time ago. He very called, he called this shot. You know, and uh, Brett Okamoto broke the news um, just moments ago, about a half hour ago. Uh, Robbie Lawler had a withdraw from his fight with Santiago Ponzinibbio due to an undisclosed injury. And I believe that was the featured featured bout on the main card. So we that was a fight I was looking forward to a lot. But I wish Robbie Lawler um, nothing but, but the best. Hopefully he recovers. And is able to bounce back, but I want to dive into you know a fight that I'm looking forward to on the card. And as I look through this card, it reminds me of Orlando. There's a lot of these hidden gems just stacked throughout the card. And then I gotta say, I'm really looking forward to Ilya Taporia versus Bryce Mitchell. Oh, I think that yeah. this is a very tough test for Bryce Mitchell. I mean, Ilya Taporia, the way he handled uh Ryan Hall, who's a tremendous grappler, a, a, a guy that really you would think if you put I think that Bryce has better wrestling than Ryan Hall, but when you talk about grappling skills, I mean, on paper, Ryan Hall is a better grappler than, than Bryce Mitchell, but Bryce, his MMA grappling through the roof. He's got good MMA wrestling. And I think that this is going to be a tough test. And we're going to really see where Bryce Mitchell is at. And I'm a big fan of him. So I'm really looking forward to that fight. What about you, Paul? What's, what's a fight? Yeah, for you? I'm just looking through the card and, and things that stick out. Obviously, uh, Raul uh, Rosas Jr., he, he, the, uh, the very young man that got signed from the Contender Series, will be making his UFC debut. I'm sure that's intriguing to a lot of people. The youngest um, fighter on the roster by far um, had to have his parents sign uh, a consent form for him to fight on the Contender Series. That's how young this kid is. And this fight, too, Chris Curtis uh, and Buckley are fighting. That's going to be pretty bananas, if I have to say. So, obviously, Billy Q, who we're going to talk to in a little bit, taking on Hernandez. You're right, Michael. There are a lot of those kind of gems on this card. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I know things have been shuffled around, but trust me, tune into this one. It's filled with amazing fights, uh, even though it's not the main event that we were all anticipating that we were going to see. It's still very intriguing and very fun, and um, it's the last one, man. Don't stop now. Yeah, don't That's stop now. Year. And for people that are watching this, we filmed this on Monday. And about a half hour ago, Brett Okamoto broke the news that Robbie Lawler had to withdraw from his feature bout with Santiago Ponzinibbio. Um, that's 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 a tough one, man. I was really looking forward to seeing Robbie and Santiago. That, that had fireworks written all over it. And uh, we wish nothing but the best for Robbie. And hopefully he bounces back soon. 100%, man. Oh, yeah. you know, never... Never fun news to uh, to hear get recently broken. And uh, speaking of Orlando, Michael, you're still down there in Florida, hanging out at the family's, the uncle's house, the aunt and uncle's house down there. Yeah, Matt, Are you at Tampa? 
I'm in uh, St. Petersburg, right outside of Tampa. I'm nice. in uh, Billy Q's neck of the woods. I should have. Yeah. Uh, I should have just went to his house and stormed the castle. And uh, yeah, we could have. We could interview him. Yeah, right I, there. I worked the desk for the Orlando show, man, and it was electric. I mean, from the yeah, moment talk about the that main event, started, man. Yeah, from the moment the first fight started to the main event, it was a packed house, and what a fight that was, man. That was like. It, it just, I'm standing next to Alan Joban and we're just like jumping and flexing. And by the time the fight gets over, I'm sweating through my suit. Um, what a fight. I mean, Kevin Holland really not, not the smartest thing to do when you have mm. these moments where you get Steve Wonderboy on the ground and you let him up because you have this gentleman's agreement. Like I'm going to stand and trade with you. And if, if Wonderboy knows there's no threat of a takedown, you're undoubtedly going to get the best version of him. And that was the best version of Wonder Boy that we have seen in a very long time. When there's yeah. no threat of a takedown, dude, this is a 57-0 kickboxer. I believe that's his record. I'm, hopefully I'm not wrong there, but 57-0 is a kickboxer. Yeah. Do you think you're going to hand him his first loss as a kickboxer? I mean, that gentleman's agreement came back to bite Kevin Holland in the butt. But for us as fans and spectators, what a treat that was. That was, that was such an amazing performance from both men. And you know what? This is where I get kind of perplexed right with with the mma community and how they react to things because if a fight's strategic and boring and there's lots of tactics and takedowns and control people are like ah we didn't pay to see this we want to see a fight and then when a fight happens and you got a guy who's crazy as kevin holland who delivers doesn't get the w hurts his hand gets kind of overwhelmed in the kickboxing department but has his moments waves him up we go not us. I'm saying this is our job to be yeah. tactical. But for the fans yeah. to be like, oh, man, what an idiot. Why would you do that? It's like, wait a minute. The guy went out there and agreed to stand with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and have a battle back and forth on the feet. And you're going to – we're blessed to have you, Kevin Holland. That's all you I You really are. We're blessed really to have are. you. I enjoy Kevin doesn't think highly of me, but I think that that guy was – that was a tremendous fight. That was oh, a tremendous yeah, fight. It was a fun fight. And again yeah. – if we're talking MMA and, you know, tactics and, and strategery, is that a word? <laughs> strategery? So. Strategy, is that a word? Strategery? It doesn't matter. Strategy. It is now. Strategy. No, it's strategery, Richie. Strategy. This is like, strategy. this goes back to like the quadrilogy, right? Quadrilogy, yes, the quadrilogy. And strategy. The, the strategery of a quadrilogy. Tra- quadrilogy. <laughs> On that note, last weekend was awesome. UFC Orlando. Rock UFC Rock 282. It's coming up. But first, we got a guest, Billy Q. He's fighting Billy this Q. weekend, fighting on Bring him on in. Let's bring in Billy. Hey, what's up, Billy? We got Billy Q joining us, who will be participating in the pay-per-view this weekend. He's got a fight against Alexander Hernandez. First of all, Billy, how you doing? Welcome to the show, Michael. Welcome it's good to have to you. It's good to have you, buddy. How, you, how are you feeling going into this fight week? Pay-per-view, you know, nice spot. Where's your, body, where's your mind and body at? Yeah, guys, thank you for having me. Um, I've talked to both of you guys uh, a couple times, like kind of in, in different uh, scenarios. Big fan of both of you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, fight week. I'm still in Tampa. I'm leaving here in a couple hours. I got to go pack. I like to pack last minute. Uh, my wife hates it, but it is what it is. And uh, I can't wait to, to get it on and popping. Man, you, ju- you jumped in here hours before a flight. Listen. This is what Roundup brings, Michael. Do you see this? <laughs> <It does. laughs> we get big names. We get big stars. We're getting big sponsors coming soon. We got Billy. That's Chiro right. He's got a big fight this weekend, and he took the damn time to talk to us, Michael. Yeah, you know, and I'm glad that – I wish I could have just came to where you're at. We could have done this live together because I'm in Tampa at my aunt and uncle's house. But, you know, Billy, I want to kind of dive into the fight a little bit. You know, Alex Hernandez is a guy – he kind of leans on his athleticism a lot. 
and this is his first fight in a long time, first fight in the UFC that he's coming down to featherweight. Uh, and you're a guy that's just got this tremendous pace. You're the type of guy that from the opening bell to the closing moments of a fight, you can push the same kind of pace. How do you feel like that's going to play his athleticism and explosiveness playing into your, your durability and the way you're able to maintain such a high pace through the course of a fight? Yeah, Mike, that's exactly how I'm looking at this. And uh, by the way, it was funny that you just, I appreciate you just DM me. If you want to come on the show, I'm like, heck yeah, avoided the managers. I'm like, let's just get, get right to it with the boys. I'll never say no to, uh, to fighters doing this kind of stuff. I love it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this fight exactly how you, you mentioned it. Uh, he's coming down to 145. I'm the type of guy who I'm going to push a pace on anyone especially a guy who's really good in the first round. He's really good at with big knockouts. I'm very hard to take out. So he needs, he needs to try to finish me early. And if not, I'm completely prepared to strike for 15 minutes or wrestle for 15 minutes. I'm going to be in his face the whole time. And if he can't deal with that pressure, I'm going to break him. And if he can deal with it, I'm still going to try to break him and try to knock him out. So it's a very interesting matchup. I've had a long training camp. I'm completely healthy. I've had a long time to really prepare for this guy. And I think my strengths are his weaknesses. And as long as I can avoid those big shots and I can start putting it on him early and, and start breaking him, I think it's going to be a great night for me. And Billy, you know, we talk about that just relentless pressure, that toughness. What do you attribute that to, right? We see a lot of guys, they always talk about their cardio, they talk about their pace, but it just seems like sometimes that's just something you can't train. So wh where do you think you get that from? Yeah, so it, I think it started with, I, I've kind of thought about this. I don't do a ton of like, I know what you're doing, like the marathon running and the, the yeah. like the triathlon stuff. I don't, I'm not like that really. I'll, I'll do some of that stuff. Like I'll run and bike, but nothing crazy. A lot of it comes from all like jujitsu, like a lot of jujitsu rounds. Like I hate taking rounds mm -hmm. off. I, hate, I like I like hitting mitts for a long time. Uh, but a lot of it started because I got an MMA kind of late. I was already 21. And it almost started from almost like a lack of skill set. And I would just come out and just try to try to break you, try to pressure you, try yep. to hit you, try to wrestle you, try to wear my opponent out. And that turned into now I have the skill sets. I'm a black belt in jiu-jitsu. I've been I've been boxing and, and doing Muay Thai for over 10 years. Uh, but I still like pushing people because I still like trying to break them. And I love that feeling of seeing my opponent you know, get tired, you know, them taking that big deep breath or in between rounds, I'm looking over and they're, they're mm -hmm. breathing heavy and their hands are on their coach. I love that feeling of knowing that I'm breaking my opponent. And I know if I can still be at 70, 80% and they're at 20 or 30%, I, I can beat anyone. So if I can get them to that, to that, that point where they're breathing heavy and I'm pushing them and they don't want to keep up with that, I love that feeling. So I'm, I'm trying to do that pretty much every fight. That's awesome, man. And you know, that that's on full display. And that's what I love about watching you fight. I love guys like that. I love it when people in between rounds want to be the first one up. They want to get to the center kind of almost like when Poirier fought Holloway, right? Like, come on, yeah. get off the stool. Let's go right now. Um, we can't wait to see you fight this weekend. Always exciting to see you, but when we're on Roundup, we like to bring you guys on. We like to have a little fun, too. And we got some fan questions. We're going to get into some stuff. So let's get right into it. We want your opinion on all of these questions, too. Me and Michael will jump in as well. But the first one, here we go, is when does Patty get a ranked opponent? And does a victory here equal that? 
Billy, let's go to you first, right? This is yeah, a weight yeah, class. Let's, let's let Billy lead the charge on all the questions. Yeah, we'll <laughs> let you go first. All right, so what I'm do down. you think, Billy? So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think, uh, I think, I think what most fighters think is this is his first really tough test. This is someone who isn't just going to give up an easy takedown. This is someone who could probably grapple with him. This is someone who comes from a really good gym. I think a win here most likely earns him a ranked opponent. I'm rooting for my boy, uh, Matt Frivola, who just got a huge win. I was in his corner this past weekend. He's been wanting that patty fight forever, so I would love to see him get a, get his opportunity uh, because he's kind of been overlooked in some big fights. But, yeah, I think it, it, it's most likely time for him, if he can get past Jared Gordon, to possibly get that fight. But I don't know, man. I think I was really surprised that he's a favorite against Jared Gordon. I think this is easily his toughest test. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a very interesting fight to see how it plays out here. But a win over Jared Gordon would definitely earn him, you know, a ranked opponent. I'll jump in now, Paul. Um, yep. and for me, I'll take my bias out of this because I like Jared a lot. Um, I think Jared's a tremendous human being. Um, and I know, Paul, you, you you feel the same way about Jared. You guys have been close for a long time. This is probably the toughest matchup that Patty's had in his career. And I followed his career close. He's fought guys like Julian Arosa and Cage Warriors. He's fought a lot of really tough guys. Um, but I think Jared's the toughest test because you're not just going to – Jared's kind of seen it all. He's done it all. He's been in there with a lot of different guys. I just don't see Patty being able to use that type of recklessness to get mm -hmm. to get Jared out of position. Jared's a very positionally sound fighter. His hands are always in the right place. He strikes well. He grapples well. And where Jared shines the most is the guy's got tremendous ground and pound. I love seeing the types of traps and things that Jared does when it comes to the way he fights his opponents in the guard when he has them on their back. And I think if Patty really tries to throw himself at Jared and get this fight to the floor, I don't think it's going to bid well for him. So I, for me, I don't see Patty winning this fight. So I don't think he fights a ranked opponent next. I think that he, you know, he could, he's going to come up short and maybe he gets that Matt Provola fight that you uh, talked to Billy. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Michael, on the ground and pound stuff with Jared. I trained with him for years and years. He's a very close friend of mine. Uh, I, I think the only thing that, Patty has the, a, a really huge advantage in this fight at all is the crowd, the pay-per-view, the shine. I think skill for skill, Jared's shown that he's maybe a little more experienced and better in all of the departments that Patty has shown where he excels, except for the fact that he thrives in the moment. He thrives for these big pressure situations. So I think that's the one place where he, he might have an advantage. Other than that, I think Jared's... Uh, got the skills to, to maybe match him or beat him everywhere. But if he does get that W, I don't know. I, I, I think he deserves it, but I think that the UFC is just going to keep slow playing him. He's such a big guy that they're trying to push and make a huge star that even if he does go and get a big win over Jared, I, I don't necessarily see him getting a huge ranked opponent, you know, similar to Sean O'Malley and how they really slow played everything that he did, but we'll see. But speaking well, of, well, even think but, about this. I mean, not just the last thing I want to say about, about Patty is that even if he wins and you want to give him a ranked opponent, who are you going to give him? Armand Sarukian? Good luck. <laughs> you know, like, it's not really going to bid very well for him. <laughs> the lightweight division is stupid, right? Lightweight, really 45, it, 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 they're so stacked. You don't really get any easy fights, Billy. You know that for damn sure. Mm -hmm. um, even guys, you know, top 20, top 15, you're, you're fighting absolute savages no matter how you shake it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think you nailed it with it seemed like a lot of his opponents were, were kind of defeated before that even started. They were the last two were in London. The crowd's going yeah. crazy. They kind of had that look in their face. 
And Jared Gordon's already had some really big fights. So I don't think it's going to affect him the way it's affected his last two opponents. That'll be a, that'll be a, a, a really fun to watch. Yeah, it's going to be cool to see how that plays out. But speaking of Patty, we got the video that we've all seen, you know, making its rounds. We got to ask, guys, if your dog craps like muddy, crappy diarrhea all over somebody's lawn, it's late at night or super early in the morning, you don't have anything to clean it up. What are you guys doing? Are you doing what our man Patty the Batty did here and knock on their door and ask for a garden hose? Or are you just going and slipping through the night air and getting the hell out of there? Because I'll tell you what, I'll start. I'm hoping it rains tomorrow and I'm getting the hell out of that. Or I'm rubbing it in, Michael. You got a dog. You know what I mean? You do the old, I mean, I tried to pick it up, but, you know, my poop bag just wasn't good enough. You know, I, uh, for me, in my current living situation, I live out in the woods. So yeah, I'm not picking count. it up. And you if don't I count. really, I don't really carry a bag with me. So I think I would just grab like some pine needles. Pile the pine needles on top, maybe stomp it down, rub it in. But I mean, I don't think anybody in our neighborhood picks up any. I mean, I'd say it's bear crap or something, you know, like, oh, yeah. that's just bear Yeah, your dog's know? crap looks like bear crap. <laughs> I've seen your dog. It don't look like bear crap. <laughs> your little Frenchie is not chatting out logs like this. <laughs> what about you, Billy? You got any animals? Yeah, I actually do. It's funny you mentioned that. I did not expect this question, and I actually <laughs> walking my dog, and I actually had to clean up some of his poop. Luckily, it wasn't muddy like that. But yeah, I don't think I live in Florida. I'm not knocking on anyone's door uh, unless they unless they watch me. And I think you kind of nailed it with unless they watch me watch it do it, and then I get it like, oh, sorry guys. But yeah, yeah, if it's the middle of the night, I I'm out. I, I'm probably just walking by too and uh, let letting someone else deal with let nature take its course. I'm doing what Michael's doing. Even if I'm in the city, kind of where I'm at, or in the suburbs, just out of the city, I'll just sprinkle some leaves on it. You know what I mean? I was was with my uncle yesterday. My uncle always walks his dog when it has to go to the bathroom. We're walking in the suburbs of Tampa, and he had like four (sighs) plastic bags in his pocket because you know, Coco Leach, he's a little uh, dude. My dog pooped a bunch, so he's just whipping out all these bags. I'm like, God, you're a good Samaritan. Yeah, our, our leash, we have the. I, we have the little container that I just, I pulled them out right there, man. We live civilized around here, Michael. I don't know about yeah. your, down, uh, you know, over Not there. Me. In, I'm a hillbilly. I'm just out in the sticks, just rubbing it in. <laughs> rub rub some mud on it. All right. We got another fan <laughs> question. Let's, let's pull it up, Richie. With the year coming to an end, what is your guy's pick for fight of the year? Man, you know, this, this is loaded. Billy, I'm going to put yeah. you on the spot. Um, there's so many to choose from. I don't think there's really any wrong answers here. So, so far there's a million of them that we've had a, a long year with a lot of fights. What, what's been one fight that's really stood out for fight of the year. All right. So for me, it's, uh, um, so I, I, I've had the opportunity to go to a few fights this year and I've obviously watched a bunch of them on TV. The two that really stick out for me, it was early this year, uh, in Jacksonville, the Gilbert Burns versus a Hamza. Oh. Uh, I was I had great seats for that. They're just beating the crap out of each other. Super super close fight. Uh, Hamzat obviously got the win, but man, yeah. just what a crazy fight that was. And then I would say this past weekend I was at the the one, and it might be one of those that's just fresh in my head. Yeah, man, Wonder Boy and Kevin Holland. I I loved it. I was absolutely a huge just loved the the fight. I actually had someone DM me because I was like, oh man, that might have been fight of the year. And this guy DM me, and he's like, "Oh no, it was like a sparring session. They're high fiving each other." I'm like, "Yeah, I didn't, I didn't love the high fives. Mm-hmm. I didn't like how Kevin Holland 
like like let him stand up a couple times. I'm sure he regrets that now. He has to. Yeah. But they were high fiving each other. But then Wonder Boy's whipping these spinning hook kicks and all these crazy kicks. And Wonder Boy, or I'm um, sorry, Kevin Holland was probably one of the first guys to make him stand with them and make him trade with them. And he, he brought out that that dog in Wonder Boy, which I love to see. So for me, it would have to come down to those two. Fresh in my head, I, man, I love that fight this past weekend. So it's it's definitely yeah. one of those. Yeah, I uh, man, I recency bias with this just takes over, man. I mean, Wonder Boy in, in Holland was a tremendous fight. Nothing about that was a sparring match. Those guys were tagging yeah. each other. I mean, there was when you're sparring, you're not trying to completely knock each other out unless you're not sparring properly. But uh, you know, there's a fight that kind of gets brushed to the wayside when you talk about the superstars like Gilbert Burns, Hamza Chimaev. Kevin Holland, Stephen Wonderboy, Thompson. Everybody forgets about Nate Landwehr versus David Onama. Oh, I mean, that oh, fight was that fight was nuts. It was at true. the apex. You could hear every shot. Nate Landwehr coming back to life like he always does. You know that that was a really fun fight, and I think that that's a one. Yeah, that, that was uh, Richie. That you're right. This, that was in San Diego, I think. Or it was yeah, it was San Diego. It was San Diego. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of I was thinking of Cater, and that's another one I'll say was Cater and. Um, and uh, Giga Chikadze was another good fight. That one was at the apex. But yeah, David Onama versus uh, Nate Landwehr. That I got to give those guys some shine because everyone's yeah, going to talk I like about it. Burns and I like it. Everyone's going to talk about Wonderboy and Holland. But yeah. Nate Landwehr like, made good on what we've all watched him make his career. He built his career on these crazy fights in M1. And uh, that was a fun one to watch for sure. Yeah. He, 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 he called, he called cool me out after, so he can, he can get it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love there we it. go. There we go. Um, Match Nell and Sumu Darji was another one that was absolutely epic. Michael Chandler and, and Dustin Poirier is another one recently that was, uh, you know, pretty bananas. Uh, the year has been full, but I, I like the Hamzat one and Gilbert Burns. That I called that fight, Billy, and that was in freaking sane to be that close to that fight and watch those guys go at it like that. Um, so, again, we, we th- this year has been packed full with some – I'm sure there's – we're going to go back after this show and we're going to be like, oh, God, we could have mentioned I know. whatever the fight is. So I'm Absolutely. sure the fans will let us know how wrong we were on. Yeah, all that's this. something. Anybody watching this in the comments, we want to please see let us know what fight of the year is what, what, what's been the best fight so far. So in case there's something we forgot, I'll have to yeah, go back. And let us it. know. Yeah. Um, let's get let's get one more fan question while we have you, Billy. Let's throw it up here. What's your favorite post workout meal? This is a good one. Now, Billy, we can make this post fight meal. But you just put in some insane work. Let's say you just got done a crazy three-round fight. You got the dub. What are you going with? Oh, man. So, okay. So, there's a huge difference for me now from, like, my post-weigh-in workout or my post-weigh-in meal and my post-flight meal. Because yes. when I was coming yes. up, I don't know about you guys, but I used to just do, like, the dumbest shit where I would eat. Yeah, I would eat like I I remember one time I weighed in and I drank a little bit of water and then I went to Chipotle and I ate I'm like I'm like eating full. I'm like I'm like oh I'm not even getting full. I'm not even getting full. And sure enough I finished it and I when I left I started getting like the sweat and I started started puking everywhere. And I'm like never again. So for me now I try to stay as disciplined as I can, you know, eat a lot of good food, but then after the fight I got to say my favorite is like Italian food, like mm. chicken piccata, pasta, all the bread. Yeah. Growing up on the, those Sunday dinners. Oh, um, mom, you can't, where's you the can't gravy? 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. For me, it's got to be that. It's all the stuff that I can't eat during training camp. The cheeses, the breads. I'm thinking about it now. I'm in fight week. I'm, I'm doing my. Oh water yeah, water. I bet you're salivating close, right baby. now talking you're about so all this close. food. Yeah, I'm drinking. I'm drinking water for lunch right now. Oh. And I can't, I can't <laughs> you guys know the. That's one thing about uh, about fighters. We appreciate the food so much more because you got to suffer through it. So it's a gift and a curse because when you yeah. finally get that food that you couldn't eat, oh my god, there's there's nothing better than it. Yeah, when I retire, I'm gonna be like Marcos Maidana. Like I'm just gonna be fat and Bro, south of the border. You guys are missing living missing, the life. Why, why do you think I'm over here running marathons, doing try, dude? I eat everything. Do you know what I had today after a ride? I had four of those fudge covered Oreos, and I just had a burrito. I'm gonna go upstairs do a little bit of an ab workout, and then I'm gonna uh, drink golden monkeys and beers afterwards. And then tomorrow uh, I wake up and do it all over again. You fools. Uh, I'm gonna go for a run today before I hit the Bucks game. I got, I got, I got field passes. I'm gonna drink a lot of oh, big pills. You better hit a run. Yeah, but for me, pace, I'm though, the same Michael. as you, Billy. Like after weigh-ins, I used to be so bad, dude. Before and it was before I lost to Masvidal. I remember I used to eat like everything. And like before that fight, my first pro loss at dinner, they wheeled out a dessert cart, and I was like, I want one of everything. I want a bite of every single thing. And I did. I took a bite. I bought every single dessert, and I took a bite off every single one. And then the next day for breakfast, I had like brioche French toast with like cream cheese filling and like barbecued that fight, lost, never did it again. But I'm like, I'm the same as I stay disciplined after weigh-ins. Post-fight, it's always pizza. Like it's just like, that's the worst food to have in training camp. I feel like is, a, is pizza. Like you can make a healthy burger. You can make like a gluten-free bun. Like you could make a, a camp-friendly burger, but like you can't make a camp-friendly pizza. It's just like, it's not possible. So Post-fight. You sure as hell can. Bring on the pizza. You sure as hell can. You can definitely but without make a camp-friendly pizza. You, you can't have cheese. You've got to time. Yes, you can have cheese. you got to time it right, though. you got to make it like a Saturday. you got to have an epic sparring day or a crazy fast. strength and conditioning yeah, workout, fast. right? It's got to be early on, too. Like, yeah. you can't have you got to make a you got to make a little one, too. Like, you can't yeah. have a 12-inch, 16-inch pizza. But I did the, the same thing, that? man. I, the I remember when that? I fought James Vick. The, this, this is a dessert story, right? I was so disciplined. I think I had Ian Larios doing my weight cutter or the team of, you know what I mean? The, the Lockhart guys were there. They, they, they made sure I did everything clean and then they, everybody disappeared. It was just me and Jared Gordon in the hotel <laughs> restaurant. Okay. And he's like, we're looking at the menu and there's all these desserts and there was this crazy Sunday on, on the menu. And bro, I took that thing down and I remember going up to my room that night to the point where you guys remember this, you get that food, belly coma the night of your weigh-ins to the point where you're in so i was in so much pain i don't think i got out of my clothes i think whatever i was wearing i felt this night before a fight and fell asleep with the pillow on my stomach because of the amount of ice cream (laughs) i got the w so it doesn't matter i also got a punctured lung from it yeah i was gonna say you got a piece you should have kept that piece along like a jar like a momentum or that little chunk that you posted the picture of yeah yeah the chunk of lung yeah um (laughs) since you're still in the process of going into fight week and, you know, you know, like you said, drinking water for lunch, we're going to show you a sandwich that I think is going to turn you off from wanting to have a delicious meal. Let's, let's take a look at this video from our friend Sage Northcutt. Oh, okay. Trifecta. Yeah. Okay. When I think of sandwiches, I don't think of trifecta. No. And And look at those chicken breasts. There's not even seasoned or sliced guys throwing mushrooms in here. You, you you can't you have to that. slice the meat Look at if the you're going to put it on a slice of bread. If it's on a bun, you can put it on the bun. Oh, you know what? 
You know what, too? For the longest time, I watched this video a couple times. I thought for the longest time that that was a frying pan. That's just a plate. He's just going straight plate. I thought he was melting this stuff. Oh, What's up, guys? That was garlic. That was minced raw garlic that he put on there. Sage, do me a favor. Don't ever make a sandwich again, okay? Don't ever post Don't this ever crap again. He put half it. an onion on there. He probably stinks, you know? And then well, he, he puts cilantro stinks. on a sandwich. Ketchup. Who puts ketchup on a sandwich? And I Who love ketchup. Ke- I love ketchup. I love ketchup, I love ketchup too, thing. but it doesn't belong on a sandwich like that. If that's a sandwich, if you're going to have a chicken sandwich on slice, like that's look like a, like a nine-grain bread. You gotta have like lunch meat. Oh, you gotta have like an garlic, aioli, man. you know. But no, you put ketchup on there. Like, what the hell is that? Really? Yeah, no, it, it doesn't look good for me right now. I wouldn't even want to eat that. I'm not a big mushroom guy either, especially like those look like they were like raw mushrooms. And yeah, I like mushroom. I like mushrooms and all, but uh, you know, not on my sandwich. Not with all that other stuff, right? Yeah, that must have been. Yeah, a Yeah, I. If I was you, I'd rather have my ice chip salad than that sandwich. Silly. <laughs> <laughs> If you were to have your sandwich right now, if you could pick your, your your best spot to get a sandwich, what type of sandwich are you getting? Doesn't have to be any. You don't have to name any spots, but what what would you have right now? Fights over, and we're saying you can have any sandwich. I in would the world. probably go. There's in my hometown. There's a place called Viola's, and mm. it's funny because they like they don't accept cash. The the lady, they're always like these ladies. They're all like they're kind of rude to you. Like they're like, like they're all they're all Italian too, and mm. they make the best steak and cheese sub. So it's like steak and cheese. They have this crazy seasoning on there, uh, like sliced up uh, lettuce, some mayo, the oil, like it, double meat, double cheese. That would mm. be my go. Like they wrap it up in this thing, and like all the seasonings all around it. Oh man, I I would crush one of those right now. That sounds good. That- Sounds pretty damn tasty. Well, listen, Billy Corntello, everyone, thank you for joining us on UFC Roundup. He is fighting this weekend, UFC 282. Please tune in. This guy is fighting Alexander Hernandez. It's going to be a banger. This guy brings it every single time he's in the octagon. And, Billy, you've been a great guest. I would love to have you on, maybe post-fight, post-pay-per-view. Uh, maybe you can come on with whatever sandwich you choose to come yeah, on. Yeah, I like that. We can idea. talk about how sandwiches are supposed to be made. I'm going to be in Vegas on Sunday. Hopefully, I can find some good pies and bakeries. Some, some oh, there's plenty. Of- oh, dude. If you need some recommendations, brother, I know all the spots. Yeah. <laughs> I got yeah. all the spots. I got true, a true veteran move. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got I, you, dude. If you guys want me, just slide my DMs. Uh, we don't have to get the managers involved. I'll always come on. And uh, anytime fighters want to want to interview me, I'm always down. Hell hey, yeah. likewise, Billy. If you ever need me for anything, brother, you give me a call. And uh, it's good to have you on. Best of luck. Love watching you fight. Thank you for coming on Roundup. And uh, as I say to all my buddies that are fighters, hips, hands, heart, and have fun, brother. Yeah. All right. I will do, guys. Have a good one. Peace. Thanks, brother.